It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What is going on, Cross fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class for sure. Episode number 90. About to come your way. 90? Man. A uh, beautiful Monday morning here. I gotta gotta be very candid here. It is very early in the morning for yours truly. I am a, a night owl per se. I like to do my work at night. Sports happen at night. Games happen at night. That's usually when I'm working. I'm not a huge morning guy, but I'm up bright and early. It's a gorgeous day here on a Monday morning, late July in British Columbia. My name's Jake Elliott, by the way. Thanks for joining us as a co-host rotation continues here as we work our way through our Lovely co-hosts who have agreed to jump on the podcast here. And this week, a man I'm very familiar with. He is my broadcast partner from Toontown, voice of the Saskatchewan Rush, Ryan Flaherty. Flats, uh, we've done Rush Hour a bunch of times. We've never done Lax Class together. I'm looking forward to this. And and we got it just so happens, and this just worked out, and I, and I don't know how it worked out, but it's episode number 90. You're on the program. We said, well, let's get a Rush. You didn't even know it was episode number 90. You said, how about Ben McIntosh? Well... Of course, Benny Wack wears number 90. I told Ben this. It's all lining up like the stars are supposed to here. He's down in Utah. We're going to talk to Ben McIntosh, and I'm about to talk to Ryan Flaherty right now as I'll invite you into the podcast. You're allowed to speak now, Flats. Uh, thanks for doing this, and, and let's have some fun. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for the intro, Jake. Uh, yeah, Rush Hour. Fun doing Rush Hour with you. This, uh, I must confess, when you uh, texted me to see if I'd jump on, I had Initially was a little bit unsure because oh, I know this on. is this is lacrosse full. You know this is the wide world of lacrosse here, and uh, uh, I'm obviously in deep with the rush, and so I was like, I better get my uh, you knew it was coming myself prepared here. Yes, and uh, but I couldn't be happier to be on, and, and uh, could be great to ch- catch up with Danny Mac, find out how things are going in Utah. And uh, it's been a very interesting week in the sport of lacrosse. Oh, my goodness. So I know we have lots to talk about. Oh, my so goodness. So I'm really excited to dive into some of the uh, the headlines with you yes. uh, this week. Quick sticks, as they were, Ryan Flaherty. We'll, we'll catch up with that in quarter three. We got uh, a big time under review coming at you. Who you got, of course. Who we had coming up here in, in mere minutes, but I... I don't think I can save this one until the third quarter for for quick sticks. Is the news of the week coming out? Uh, well, just late last week, I suppose. And the NLL Ryan Flaherty has its 14th team. We've been speculating. We've been waiting. And it's finally been announced out of Dickey's Arena down there in Fort Worth, North Texas. Owners of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Dallas Wings, the WNBA, Bill Cameron, Greg Bibb, have bought the 14th NLL franchise. Fort Worth coming into the NLL, and they're going to play out of the brand new Dickey's Arena down there in the Panther City. This this is exciting news, and and. 14th team now the balance is coming back i think we're gonna we're gonna be in the same 
you know, conference lineup for for the next year is they won't come in until 2022, but then we'll get rejigged around. But give me your initial reaction on, on here in Fort Worth, now a member of the National Lacrosse League. Uh, it's exciting. I mean, I think uh, with the, you know, the pandemic and everything, uh, it was a little surprising to hear, a little bit anyways, to hear that the full steam ahead with this expansion uh, announcement. I think that's great news for the league just in general. That they are that the, the confidence level is still there to to make this big splash announcement, uh, even though as we know, leagues all over the place are, are having you know financial issues depending on because of the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's great. That's great. That's positive. Love seeing a, a, a new market, sort of not just you know the city of Fort Worth, but the state of Texas. Uh, from what I've read, the sport of lacrosse is is growing there, uh, maybe in a, some similar ways to the way it's been growing here in Saskatchewan. And then having the rush come here a few years ago really gave that a major surge. Uh, I'm excited to find out the identity of the team, you know, the name, the look, all that sort of thing. Uh, I was surprised to hear that Fort Worth is the 13th largest city in the yeah. United States. Yeah, that was so news to me. So got a great base there. And uh, I think, you know, the other, the other aspect that I really like about this is that it's a brand new arena and a stable, what seems like a very stable, solid ownership group uh, behind this. And so there's a lot of things going for this uh, franchise right out of the gate. And uh, I'm excited to see them on the floor in 2022 yeah me too and and you know listening to the commissioner we we've we know right he's got some criteria that he needs and wants before he says okay we're going to that city and that's solid ownership that's a good building deal and and a good market and i think fourth worth has all of that and i really like the synergy between the wnba and the nll i think they're two leagues on on similar projections on their growth and their fan base, their their numbers there, I think, a little bit. So I think there's some real good cohesion between those two leagues, and this ownership group is going to know how to roll out a franchise. they got a nice long 18-month runway to get their franchise off the ground here, similar to what Halifax did, and, and look how successful that's been. And, and you're right, I think the new building is a real key piece to it all. Like, I've heard this thing is state-of-the-art uh, as far as buildings go, like it's only been open like six months or something like that. So I don't think there's been a whole lot of events come through there and it's going to be squeaky clean and, and shiny and new uh, for fans to check out. And I really think once fans get a taste of National Lacrosse League action down there in the Lone Star State, they're going to take to box lacrosse like no other because um, I don't think they've ever really experienced Like, I don't know how much they know about it down there, but once they see it, I think those Texans are going to be like, holy cow, like I'm, I'm coming back for this. So we'll see what the name is. I've seen uh, a lot of good suggestions. They call it the Panther City down there. So that makes me lean towards that. But I've seen like Wranglers. I've seen Mustang. There's a bunch of good names you could go for a team down in Texas. Longhorns. A, a lot of broad scene Brahmas. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like the one thing I saw was that it, it's not going to be sort of a, a typical name. So I wonder if we're going to get another name along the lines of, you know, mammoth or something that isn't the typical plural mm. uh, name, maybe the herd, maybe the herd. Um, so yeah, you've got dirt. You've got tons of options. Uh, we look forward to seeing uh, how that all plays out. Cause uh, that's a big part, right? When you go into oh, a market, 
the the branding is so important uh you know to get out of the gate you want to have something that people really can uh rally around we saw last week in the seattle, nhl yeah. their big splash announcement seattle and that went over really really well um you know i'm not a giant fan of the name but you know the logo the branding everything looks great and so you know if you can marry those two things together and really get fans already excited with the merchandise and the, and the logos and stuff before you even play a game that's critical so Looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, of course, they'll need to hire a, a coaching staff and a manager saying that they probably want to do, like, the head coach will be the general manager as well. I'm, I like I, I kind of like to see those two jobs separated. But we'll see how that plays out as well. But lots of news to come out of Fort Worth here in the coming months. And uh, welcome to the National Lacrosse League. We're going to have to have uh, Jessica Berman or Nick Kevich or somebody on here from the league uh, see and talk a little bit about Fort Worth. Lots to talk about this week as well. So welcome to the NLL Fort Worth. We got to get into who we had. It's presented by Stampede Tack and Western where summer is so here now. It was up into the 30s yesterday. I didn't get down to the river. I might do that today. I just, like, hid from the heat. It was so hot yesterday, but I'm not complaining about the heat. Not going to do it. Uh, I hate people uh, complain about the cold in the winter, and then they complain about the heat in the summer. Just don't do it. Just accept it and make the most of it. And how you do that, go to stampede.ca. They have any kind of apparel you need for any kind of weather that there is. Stampede.ca. Shopping online is still shopping local. Hats, jeans, boots, you name it. Every kind of boot you can imagine. Now, they got a big sale on boots right now, by the way. Check my Facebook there. And uh, tell me, listen to Lack Class. You might get yourself a discount there when you shop at Stampede Tack and Western Wear out in Cloverdale. Who we had as we're into round two. I know you've been following this tournament very closely here, Ryan Flaherty. We're into round number two. Four fights have been complete, and we're going to advance four men into round number three here. This is getting exciting, and then we'll have four more fights in quarter four as well. But let's uh, let's get into this. Andy Ogilvie taking on Matthew Beers in round number two. And I thought this fight would be a little bit closer. Not the case here, as uh, Ogie took Beersy pretty easily here 69 percent of the vote and and andy ogilvie who's who's been blowing up my phone via text about this tournament uh, is moving on to round three well he'll, that'll be that'll, that'll keep him happy for sure yeah i was surprised i thought Matt beers would uh, get a few more votes on this one but uh hard to argue with that result though uh you know that, yeah. that's a pretty good tilt pretty good tilt there but uh, i think uh the, the, the people have spoken. Exactly. And, and man, it put these two guys in their prime and square them off. And, and I think you are you got a dandy right there between you know, two guys in kind of the same weight class and, and uh, two guys that kind of fight the same as well. But Ogie is moving on to round number three. Fight number two, Sato, Rob Williams taking on Miles General out of six nations here. Over 140 votes in this one. And it was tight most of the way, but a late surge here for Miles General as uh, he's moving on to round three as he gets past Rob Williams, who was out in round two here. 54% of the vote for Miles General. Well, these are all getting tough. Right now they're in the second round. I think you're going to see a lot of a lot more close votes like this because there's so many good good brawlers, good fighters now 
moving forward. And uh, Miles gets the gets the push though. So yeah, on to round three. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna like bust up your theory here for a second because this fight was not very close. But then your theory will make a whole lot more sense in our final fight because that one was very very close. Steve Priolo yeah. knocking out Kyle McEwen here yeah. in the first round. This was a slaughter. Pre with 81% of the vote. Kyle McEwen gets to round two. No further there for Q, though. He is done. 81% here for Priolo. I said this. He's moving on, and he's going deep into this tournament, and, and the voters are, are showing why. Yeah, I think, you know, despite what I just said, that is one that looking at it, you were like, I think, and even last week, you and, and Ripper were both in agreement that this was Priolo's to, to win here, and and I, I don't think that is a surprise at all. He's uh, definitely got some heavyweight skills. So yes, uh, the next round matchup for him is going to be oh. going to be an interesting. Oh one, yeah, don't don't spoil it though, Flats. Don't spoil it. Uh, and he also, li- I'm not <laughs> messing with a guy that lives in a van either. Like I, you never know about those those type of guys. Yeah. Uh, last fight on the docket here, and and I'll uh, I'll be honest with you here, man. I like you know I, I run these polls for about five days to give myself a little time to get everything squared away and and the polls ended up this morning so last night i kind of filled every i looked i'm like okay this this you know like ogie's gonna win priolo's gonna win i took a guess and was like okay it was like 50 50 i think and i said i think this guy's gonna come out on top so i put him down as the winner and then about 50 votes came in in the final four hours of voting here and the hammer comes out on top i had to switch it 51% here for Mike Messenger as he gets past the surgeon. I'm a little surprised here as well. I thought the surgeon was going to go deep in this tournament. Probably should have, but anytime you ask Rush Nation to get behind one of theirs, you can expect good results, and it took to the bitter end here, but Mike Messenger with 51% over 200 votes here gets through past Timmy O'Brien. He is on to round three. Do not underestimate the power of Saskatchewan sports fans. Cannot do it. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, you got a team that the whole province is behind and a guy like Mike Messenger, who's beloved here, and they find out he's a little bit behind in a poll and there's only a little ways to go. Yeah. Well, you better believe they're going to rally to the cause. And uh, that's obviously what happened here in the most votes of any of these fights, too. So yeah. that tells that speaks volumes as didn't, well. Didn't quite happen for, for yours truly up against Scotty McMichael. They, they showed up, the votes, over 500 votes, but uh, a little too many are, are, are a little too realistic, I suppose. And I, <laughs> I didn't uh, make it to round number two, but that's okay. That's okay. So recapping here once again, Mike Messenger gets through. Miles General, Andy Ogilvie, and Steve Priolo all on to round number three. We will have four more fights in round number two. So four down, another 12 to go. So three more weeks of round two fights, and then we're into round three. And, and uh, man, like, what? just wait. Like, till you, <laughs> you know you've seen the fights coming up later today, but there is some absolute, like, I don't know how people are going to decide on, on some of these matchups. I had a really hard time even trying to figure out who I got. Yeah. So I might not even decide until we get to the fourth quarter. Okay, the coin is always there for you as well. Let's uh, take a quick break here on Lax Class. Quarter one is done. We are going to head down to Utah PLL Bubble. 
Ben McIntosh and the Saskatchewan Rush and the PLL Water Dogs is coming up next year on episode 90 of Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Sean Evans from the Rochester Nighthawks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class here, Cross Classified episode number 90. You just heard there from Associated Labels and Packaging. Associated LP is in labels and packaging, focusing on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family owned. I think I'm going to hook up a couple friends who've had some packaging issues with the new company they've started up. I said, hey, I got some friends down here in Coquitlam that can probably help. So I'm going to send some business down to Associated Labels and Packaging. And if you need a label or a package, these folks are the best in the business. Mark my words. Um, episode 90 here. Jake Elliott, Ryan Flaherty with you. And now on the podcast, back on the podcast is number 90. Both of the Saskatchewan Rush and the Water Dogs of the PLL. Ben McIntosh on the program. Benny, welcome back. I know you got a, a coaches meeting coming up here in mere minutes. So... We'll squeeze in as much lacrosse talk as we can get here. Perfect. Yeah, no, sounds good. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. Uh, I suppose something you're you're not particularly happy about is the result of the game yesterday. Uh, you you played okay. Your water dogs played okay, but you come up one short against those damn Atlas. I, I thought you guys <laughs> had it, and then it kind of slipped away. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the same way we're feeling. I mean, I think we – we played a pretty good three quarters. Um, I think we had a couple mental lapses, a couple failed clears, and, and I think their goalies sit on their head. Um, so that fourth quarter kind of got away from us and ended up costing us the game. But overall, I mean, it's the first time our group's been together, the first time we've had a chance to play. So I thought a lot of positives came out of it, um, and we'll just keep getting better. Ben, you guys are, uh, you know, I understand you guys are kind of trying to forge an identity as a, like a trans, really transition team, like a strong in the transition game. I wonder, like, having not played for quite a while um, and getting back out there, hey, what's it like to be out playing games again, but also, like, playing that kind of an up-tempo style at altitude. Uh, after having such a layoff? <laughs> yeah, and at altitude. So what's that like for you guys? Or for Yeah, you? I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it feels good to run again and compete again. Um, I, I think it's kind of the same boat for everyone where, you know, your sticks, maybe you're holding them a bit tighter than you would be in the middle of an NLL season or the middle of the PLL season. Um, but I think overall, like just getting that competitiveness and getting your feet under you, it takes a little bit of time, but once you get to that second half, it kind of comes back pretty quick. It's like riding a bike. Did uh, I had to like adjust my color settings on my TV a little bit with the uniforms there yesterday, man? Not gonna lie, <laughs> uh, it was not easy to tell on TV. What was it like uh, up close and personal? Was it was it that difficult? It, it, no, I mean it wasn't. It wasn't terrible, but it definitely wasn't the easiest color combination yeah. to to tell apart. I mean, t- at the end of the day, I don't think it, it made a difference one way or the other. But 
they were close. They looked close. Yeah, I, I, I did watch the film. The TV was hard to see. <laughs> um, speaking with Benny Mac here, uh, and for for fans that don't know, like uh, this is predominantly a box lacrosse podcast, but obviously you're a box lacrosse player, and and you're in action right now. So I think it's all all relevant. Uh, but. Paint the scene down there, Ben, of what it's like. Like, because we always hear the term bubble, like you're in a bubble. But you're not really, like, there's no bubble around you guys. You're in a hotel. You can walk in and out of the place. And what? paint the scene for me down there in Utah, what a typical day is like, either a game day or a non-game day for you guys down there. Yeah, well, well, first of all, I don't know if either of you guys have been to Utah before, but it's beautiful here. I mean, yeah. just like the backdrop, it's just yeah. around. It, it's phenomenal. Um but for us, we're uh, I'm I'm rooming with with Bergie Westberg right now, so we, we spend a lot of time in the hotel room. Um, <laughs> we have uh, we have our hotel, which is about 15 minutes away from the actual venue. Um, it's rented out by the entire PLL, so it's all PLL players in the hotel. There's no one else coming in. There's we're not really allowed to go wander off. There's you know we're actually staring right at like a giant like water park, but unfortunately we can't go hang out there or anything. <laughs> we're just like stuck in the hotel. Um, yeah. And then a typical day for us is we'll, we'll get up, we'll have some breakfast at the hotel, maybe do a meeting. Uh, we'll take the bus to the venue, you know, early afternoon, early morning. And then, um, we're at that venue for six to eight hours, whether we're practicing, doing a classroom thing, watching one of the other games, and then we'll generally come back around, you know, six, seven o'clock at night. And then we're back at the hotel. Um, but yeah, we're really at that venue at the hotel or on the field. That's really it. So, Benny, like, you know, every player who's, who's decided to, to go forward with this this year, and it's the same with any other sport that's kind of resumed, you know, you had to weigh, you know, the pros and cons, I guess, when it comes to, you know, your safety and health and all that sort of thing. What was it for you that made you uh, feel comfortable uh, going forward and, and getting back into action here uh, with this uh, PLL season? Um, well, I think so. What the PLL did is they started – um, they started these calls. It must've been like two months ago where they started these calls and, you know, they put together an entire team of like doctors and, you know, disease specialists. Um, they just instilled a ton of confidence in us. Like we've been tested three times already. We've got tested, um, before everyone traveled, we got tested like four days before we traveled. And then every, so if you tested positive during that one, you weren't allowed to travel. So they made sure that that result got back before you traveled. Then you got tested as soon as you got here. Um, they they made you quarantine in your room for 24 hours. So we were sitting in our room waiting for those results. And then if you were negative again, you did your mini camp. And then about two days ago, we got tested again for the third time when we all have already been at the bubble for, you know, four days. Um, and the PL has just done such a good job with all that stuff. And we had zero cases that were positive okay. on that third, on that third one, actually on the, I think on the, initial one where we first got in and then on the third one we've had zero cases so That's huge. That's huge. It, it, they've done a really good job um just putting together a team that knows what they're doing and, and keeping everyone safe so i just i mean we all have a ton of confidence in them and and they're doing the right things we get our temperature checked daily and, and you know they've yeah. set a pretty hard bubble and we're not off wandering around and so i i mean i think everyone here feels really comfortable with all that we're still wearing masks everywhere even though you know when we're around our like in common areas or anything, we all got masks on. Oh, good, good. I mean, I, I, I think it's inevitable. I think there's probably going to be a positive test before it's fine. I hope there's not, but I just think it's inevitable. And I know 
those guys will have the, the proper protocols in place to deal with that when the time comes as well. As we speak with Ben McIntosh here, I know you only got a couple of minutes. I don't want you to be late for your meeting. but uh, So I don't know how much rush stuff we're probably going to talk, probably not much, because I want to ask you this, which really seems to be the, the topic of the moment, if you will. I don't know if you know where I'm going here, but Mr. Matt Gaudette, uh, center of attention mm-hmm. right now, chirping uh, Blaze Reardon. He was mic'd up, and, and for a rookie to come in and have uh, some pretty harsh things to say here. And I don't know, man. Like, I've been on a floor. You've been on the field. Like, you know what happens. You know what's said out there. I don't know if this is a big deal because he was mic'd up. I don't know if it's a big deal because he was a rookie or Blaze was the best goalie of the year last year. Like, to me, it's a little offside for, for him to be saying that to a guy like that especially as a rookie and the goalie of the year and all the rest of it. But on the other hand, this is lacrosse and things are said. And I don't think anything was said that was like, Ooh, you can't, you just cross the line. You can't like, he didn't say anything about his mom or family or anything like that. So I know you do a little talking out there as well, Ben. You're like, what do you, where do you, where do you come out on this? Um, yeah. I mean, I've definitely toned down my, my chirping. First of all, I just want to make that clear. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would only chirp when someone would start chirping at me. That's another thing I want to make clear too. I wouldn't start it. But anyways, back to God. I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think what he said was, was really anything. Like He wasn't offside. I totally agree with that. I think the fact that, you know what, it, like the stage it was on, I think just a number of eyeballs on it. I think all the, you know, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, where yeah. it's all posted over there and retweeted and comments and, you know what? I, I think that he kind of plays that villain role, right? Oh, like that I think laugh. he's kind of been labeled oh, that way. Man. And I, I think the, I think the more, the more alarming part, and I think it maybe just caught these guys off guard. But like, I think had that situation happen again, or if it does happen again, I think it's going to be addressed. Like, I don't think there's any way another team's going to let that kid run his mouth like that. No, I don't even think his um, own team is going to let him do that again. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm curious. I mean, I guess we'll find out next time the Chrome yeah. p- play, but there, there's no question. Like, like the the chaos, I don't, I mean, you don't really know what's going on in the field. You don't hear everything, but from what we were watching and what we saw, like you didn't really see it addressed. So I, I, I'm sure that was a conversation that happened within the chaos and yeah. I'm sure they figured that out now and I'm sure it'll be addressed next time. But yeah, I mean, he, he was relentless. That's for sure. He <laughs> oh, did that, not that, stop. That sinister laugh that he has and all yeah, that. Like, oh, oh my gosh. My God. Yeah. So I think <laughs> that was... that's the biggest deal is that, like, this is nothing that nobody has said on, on a field or on a floor before. It was just the right. fact it was on national TV and he was mic'd up and, uh, and you know, add to it that he was a rookie going after the goalie of the year. I think just yeah. set people off. But uh, I'll tell you what, love it, hate it say what you want about it people are talking about it and that's exactly what the rabels want ben i kept you two minutes longer than i promised you're now late for your meeting i'm gonna let you go i appreciate you doing this get back to work with those water dogs and we'll be watching man awesome appreciate it guys Appreciate you. Ben McIntosh, episode 90. That was Ben McIntosh, number 90. And uh, I wish we had a little bit more time, but the man's got a meeting, and we can't uh, we can't interrupt that. I don't want to be responsible for him not getting playing time because we kept him too long. <laughs> no, 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 no. Perish the thought. I mean, we'll have lots of time to talk rush with him down the line here. we got a, we got a few months to go here before that uh, kicks back into high gear. So uh, we'll – We'll catch up with him on that end. It was nice to hear about what's going on down there. Yeah. And, uh, 
really liked what he had to say about how the PLL is running the show. Um, you know, I think from a lot of people from outside, see a league that's still quite new and are just kind of raising their eyebrows uh, about this going forward, especially early on, maybe a month or two ago when this was uh, starting to get in motion. But sounds like they've got, you know, all the, the T's crossed and the I's dotted. And uh, great to see you guys getting a chance to play some meaningful lacrosse again. And I'm sure there are, uh, you know, not it's not just Ben, but pretty much every guy down there is just feeling like a kid in a candy store again because they actually are on the field in a competitive environment. Yeah, I should have asked, uh, should have asked Benny before I went and told him I want his helmet or something uh, when he's when he's done the done the season down. <laughs> I just want to know what a water dog is. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you know, maybe ask maybe ask Big Cat. Uh, he he might be able to tell yeah. you uh, who is the owner of the, of the water dogs at Barstool Sports and. And you're right, man. Uh, we got lots of time to talk to, to Benny about that, but uh, always a good conversation with number 90 there. And, and like, I think, like, watching the PLL and watching the MLL, and we saw what happened, you know, them having to cancel the semifinal games because three guys tested positive, and then a couple more guys said, you know what, I'm out of here. Like, Randy Stouts and Frankie Brown of the Boston Cannons were going to play in the championship game, and then they said, it's not worth it. I'm out. And and uh, they ended up playing the final game, but I, I feel like the PLL kind of rolled out their their strategy and their plan, and the MLL was like, we cannot let the PLL have a tournament and us do nothing. And I feel like it was like, okay, like we're doing this, let's get it on ESPN, let's get it in front of their eyes, and let's just do it. And and I don't know how many, like I heard people were wandering in and out of the hotel, family and friends, and there wasn't a whole lot of protocol and structure in place to and and that i mean some guys wandered off campus so to speak and come back and next thing you know a couple of positive cases so they got through the tournament they didn't get through it unscathed but where i'm going with all that is i i really feel like the pll has taken every step and precaution possible to make this tournament work yeah and i think uh, in some ways they've also got been a bit of fortunate in the location that they chose right mm-hmm. like because since since they announced this, we've seen surges in a lot of states uh, in in the U.S. I mean, we know up here in Canada that it's a very different situation, but we're also seeing some increases in the last week or two as well. We are not nearly the same level of numbers, but PLL, you know, they picked the location because Utah at the time was also doing a good job of managing, and they had lower numbers, relatively speaking. But they've also been a bit fortunate in that. It seems like people in Utah have sort of stuck to the game plan maybe a bit better. Yeah. And I'm not familiar with, you know, the state government and their re- reopening plans or any of that. But as we see some of the other states that have had major surges, they've gotten a bit lucky, too, in, the, in where they are, that that's not one of those states. So uh, hopefully everything can continue on full steam ahead and uh, they can they can get this thing done. I think everything's in place to do just that. Yeah, and, and it sounds like they're they're keeping it locked down pretty tight. Like they're not holding them prisoner there, but like you're not you know you're not permitted to just kind of wander off on your own. You're wearing masks in common areas, and and nobody's kind of coming in and out of that bubble, so to speak. And if they can can do that, and like they said, they contained. Uh, they tested everybody there after three, four days of being there, and everybody came back uh, negative. So if they can keep that up here for the next couple of weeks, that's going to be a big thing for them moving forward. Because I don't know, like what what happens if there's a positive case and, and we're only a halfway through the tournament? Do they shut it down? Do they kick that team out? Do they like? 
it's it's you know there's no real playbook for this right like no this is like new territory for anybody that's trying to do something like this oh 100 and we're just seeing like in major league baseball like today right there's games that have now been postponed because like four miami marlins had positive tests yeah and they just started the season on third last thursday and so they're already having to react to that um so yeah let's See, I you know I'm sure they're taking it on a day by day approach. They have their long term plan. They have everything set up the way they want. But you got to be ready to uh, to kind of roll with the punches, so to speak. Uh, Jake, I wondered if because mm. you did bring up Gaudet, I don't know if we're going to talk about it later. Mm. But maybe if, if should I weigh in now or should I yeah, wait till later? Let, uh, I, I have a couple of yeah. Let's do it now, and then we'll, I'll just scratch him off quick sticks because I did have him down later. Give me your take on Matt Gaudet. Well, I just figured since you brought it up, we was we could we could wrap up. I did have a couple of couple of thoughts on it. Nothing. Yeah. Now I'll take this from a perspective of a fan. I never played lacrosse, but I did play other sports, and my one sport was soccer. And I was uh, quite a quite a yapper when I played. <laughs> I was a goal. I was a goalkeeper, okay. so I was okay. already sort of yeah, supposed yeah. to be a big communicator on the field. But I extended that to the other team sure. as well. Um, one thing I saw the clips, I watched some of the, the stuff from Gadette. I think, um, you know, the, the fact that he's a rookie, you know, some people have an issue with that. I would say this, if you're going to do it, I'd like to see a little more creativity. Uh, uh, like the laugh is a great starting point. I love that <laughs> hyena laugh. Let's oh keep, that. keep that. But like the... But let's go. Like he, you suck. He suck. I think we could do a little better. So I would, I would say, you know, okay. maybe if you're gonna, if you're gonna do that, I didn't mind the, the pull yourself. Some, maybe pull yourself out of the game. Yeah, no, that, that was that, that was, was a pretty good. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. So maybe a little refinement on the originality sort of side of things. And then the other thing I would say is, if you're gonna do it, you can't. That can't be all you're known for because you're not going to stay on the field if that's all you do. Yeah. There's folks that believe that the, a lot of the talk really contributed to, you know, the somewhat second half collapse, if you will, for chaos. And he kind of got in their head. Yeah. I don't think that's something going forward that teams are going to, that's going to happen because they're going to expect it. Um, but if you're not contributing in other ways, you're also not going to get a chance to be on the field to have that kind of an impact. So uh, he, he can't be a one trick. Po- he can't be a one trick pony. Uh, you know, in hockey, you see Brad Marchand, he's the biggest, has the biggest reputation for, for talking, but he's also one of the best offensive players in the league. So he backs that up. So, uh, that would be my word of caution is, is just, you know, if you expect, if that's going to be your role, great, but it can't be your only role. Might have the biggest honker in the league as well. That Brad Marchand, <laughs> sm- smoke, yeah. smoke a cigarette in the rain. They say with, uh, with that thing hanging off the front of his face, uh, not a Bruins fan, not a Bruins fan, and and like and I think he makes some good points there, and and I, and I'll say this, like all the clips that I saw of of him running his mouth, like ball wasn't a stick, he didn't do anything, like he had one assist in all of that, and and sure, like if you're if you're inside the goalie's head and in his kitchen, you're making an impact, uh, you're right, and I. And again, like, I don't think this is anything that somebody hasn't said before. It was the fact that he was mic'd up. It was on national TV. He was a rookie and he was going at the reigning goaltender of the year. And I think that's what's got everybody up in arms, but everybody's talking about it. And at the end of the day, that's, that's what they want. They got mic'd up Gadette t-shirts going off, uh, 
the rack already. I don't know if you've seen that. But uh, so I, I thought, you know, I wanted to ask Ben about that because uh, I, I know Ben likes to do a little talking, or at least he did. And I wanted to get his perspective on it. And we did that. And now we got to get to break because we got a massive third quarter coming up here on episode number 90. Under review and quick sticks coming up here on Lax Class on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Connor Fields of the San Diego Seals. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Back we are here on Lacrosse Classified. Thanks for tuning in to Lax Class. Uh, lots of quick sticks this week so let's get right into it Uh, as i did last week i think i'm going to do this again this week flats and that's just run down all the signings uh, that have taken place a little less than last week but still a lot of bodies being signed and i think this will slowly taper off as we move along but uh, bear with me here. Brad Gillies one year chris corbeal captain corbeal back for one year in rush colors now Warriors, here we go. Keegan Bell, Lyndon Bunio, Derek Lloyd, Tyson Rowe, Mike Mallory, Sam Clare all get two years. Tyler Halls and Hamer Jackson both get a year. Latrell Harris of the Toronto Rock one year. Tyson Bomberry and a fifth rounder traded to San Diego for Adrian Sorichetti. A lot of people thinking... He was coming back to Saskatchewan. Not happening yet as uh, as of right now. Soriketti now a member of the Riptide. Spanger, two years. Hope, two years. Edwards and Carnegie, one year. Uh, Mr. Delicious, that's David Brock, one year. Brody Merrill, one year. Dan Craig gets three years. Uh, the man to watch in the Toronto Rock uniform, according to Dan Dawson. Dan Craig. Watch out for Dan Craig in the next coming years. Burton, that's Tyler Burton, gets a year. The Wiz, Jake Withers, one. Davey Emila gets a year. And I think that's it for all the signings. Anyone jumping off the page there for you that uh, you want to touch on there, Flats? Well, I, I think this sort the, the Corbeil deal, I mean, I'm being a rush guy. Sure. That's something that's obviously important. Uh, they're, they're in a great position, actually, coming into this offseason because they have almost all of their core is, is under contract for next year. And really – there's only two key guys that going into the summer that they were looking at that, that I was looking at that didn't need to resign. And that's Corbeil taken care of. The other one's Kyle Rubish. Uh-huh. So to me, that's now the number one priority on the list. There are some other guys on the roster that are, whose deals are expiring, but in terms of the core of the team, they're pretty much all locked up. So getting the captain back for another year, that's obviously huge. He's such a vital part of that defensive group. And obviously the leadership of that team uh, this the, the, the Bomberry deal, eyebrow raising. I think, yeah, there's some thoughts. People thought maybe Sarketti's on his way back to Saskatchewan. It may still happen because the, the language of the trade is what stood out, stood out to me. Right, it's mm. the right stage in Sarketti. Mm-hmm. Now I know that's you have to phrase it that way, but to me, that I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Well, he's unrestricted, right? He's necessarily unrest- we're going to see him put put on a Riptide jersey. We haven't seen that yet, so yeah. we'll see. So, I mean, the Riptide were talking about taking Bomberry at number one. Um, he drops down a little bit. They they still get him. But Soriketti entering free agency. So, if New York unable to sign him, then they would get a compensatory pick for Soriketti. So, 
bit of a risk there, and I don't know what what's going through his his brain as far as where he wants to play, whether he's going to sign with the Riptide or wait it out and sign somewhere else. It's totally his prerogative, but he more or less had control in, in all that with San Diego, and San Diego, I think, did well to get a player and a pick for a guy that they clearly weren't going to be able to sign or re-sign. So nice work. There, uh, we talked about Goddett, we talked about Fort Worth, and we talked about the MLL and the PLL. So, Flats, I, I don't really have a whole lot more as far as quick sticks. I don't know if there's anything that uh, you have tucked away out there in Saskatoon that you want to bring up. I heard they're playing a little lacrosse there. Uh, Randy Troback actually got at me. They're playing a little lax in Sask. Well, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I was, and I, 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 I neglected to. I was going to say something right off the top of the show. The timing of how, like me joining you this week is, is almost perfect. Like we already mentioned the 90 synergy, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, this, uh, literally this evening, uh, you know, we're, we're taping this this morning and then I'm going to go to work, uh, and, uh, start my work week at global Saskatoon. And this evening I'm actually going to be going to meet up and, uh, check in with the Saskatoon field lacrosse association because they started up a couple of weeks ago um, and so we're going to be checking in with them and seeing how things are going with them and how they've got things set up so that the kids can play, uh, you know, this season, this for the rest of the summer. It's safe and do so safely. And then later this week, I you mentioned Randy. I've been talking, texting back and forth with Randy, the uh, owner of the Saskatchewan SWAT program here based in Saskatoon, and that, of course, is the box side of the game. And uh, I was, we had initially talked, I was going to be out tomorrow, but it'll be actually later this week, but I'm going to check in with those guys, the, the, the 21U guys that they now call them because they right. were, were changed, moving away from <laughs> yes. the old designation. Um, and uh, I, it was funny because I think they had their first session on the floor a week ago and there was some pictures on Twitter and it was like the progression from smiles to being back on the floor to, Oh my God, my cardio is not where it should be. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's so, really hot in these pads. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, and then and there, the Kinsman Arena here in Saskatoon, where the SWAT play, it is a sweat box. Ah. So uh, they're they're having a good time being back, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing all of the the sides of lacrosse here in Saskatoon uh, back at her. Uh, so yeah, great to see, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of smiling uh, young folks and. Some old, uh, you know, some coaches as well that are finally, they don't have to be doing any more Zoom uh, training sessions. <laughs> yes. They can actually get with their oh, players again. Man. It's like enough with the clinics, yeah. enough with the webinars. Oh, Let's God. go. How sick is Zoom are people getting? Like, I, I, I can't imagine. Uh, I saw St. Albert's, uh, the Miners running a little four-on-four Lax Turney there last week as well. Asked them if uh, they needed an announcer. They said yes, but uh, that's about as far as the, the conversation went. So I don't know how long that tourney's going, if they're flying me in for the championship game or what, but uh, I'm ready, Miners, uh, whenever you are to, to come. Right. I would in- literally announce paint drying right now. That's how starved I am to to throw the headset on and, and call some action. Hey. So. It's, uh, it's you been, and me both, yeah. partner. Uh, it's been a long <laughs> four months. I do their games, right? So, yeah. yeah, it's been a long stretch. No doubt about it. Uh, quick sticks are done, and now it's time to go under review. It's time for under review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. 
under review. G. Wilson Construction, an award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes. Uh, I was in a fine custom home over the weekend out there in White Rock at uh, one of Danny's friends' place. Beautiful, like, pool and full gym downstairs, a bar, just a marvel. Could have been built by G. Wilson Construction. Pretty sure it wasn't, but uh, could have been because it was a fine custom home. Uh, start your career with G. Wilson Construction. Upload your resume, gwilsonconstruction.com. Start your career in the construction business today or tomorrow, maybe. It's start of the week, but uh, you know, get your resume in there. Tell them you heard it on Lax Class, and who knows? Maybe get yourself a job. Jay Kelly, Ryan Flaherty with you under review and, and flats. This one was, uh, you know, sometimes we kind of struggle for what are we going to talk about as far as uh, under review goes this week. This week, it, it really just jumped off the page and took care of itself here. And the news coming out, uh, the battle once again here that the Haudenosaunee, the Iroquois Nationals, were not going to be allowed or are not going to be allowed to participate in the World Games down there in Birmingham, Alabama, which were supposed to take place next year, but will be delayed until 2022 because of COVID. And, and I want to make sure that people are not confused. The World Indoor Lacrosse Championships that took place in Langley last September, that tournament is run under World Lacrosse. The World Games are a completely different thing. This is something that World Lacrosse wants to participate in but has no governing authority over. World Games more or less is a, an Olympic Games qualifier. So the IOC kind of controls the criteria, if you will, for who competes at the World Games. So World Lacrosse is going to compete at the World Games, but the World Games do not recognize the Iroquois or the Haudenosaunee as a sovereign nation. Now, there's a number of reasons why they don't, and I think a large part of it is because they do not have women's teams. And from what I understand, that is a major hurdle that they need to clear to get granted permission to compete, is that they have to have an organization of women's teams. And I think there is some pushback between the inner workings of the Iroquois Nationals board on, on how to do that or if they want to do that or, or what's going to happen there. But that's one one thing. And there's so many things here, Flats, that I want to touch on. And, and I don't know how to kind of put them all in the right order or how to lay it out properly. But there's a lot of things that need to be brought up. One of them is a petition that is circulating around. And, and if you want to go to my timeline, I have it pinned. You can go to the Iroquois Nationals timeline. They have it there as well. Over 25,000 people have signed this thing so far. So the, the support and, and the swell is definitely here. I think the awareness is definitely taking place here. And, and there is a side of people that are saying like we're taking the steps that need to be taken to get this done and we don't need the public pressure from from fans alike putting pressure on the IOC and the world game like apparently they're they're taking the step and I and I turned around and said well why don't why are you telling people this where is the transparency and the communication to your fans your players like I mean they're 
I've seen players tweeting on this. They have no idea what's what's going on. They don't know why they're being denied. They don't know what they need to do to be accepted. And I just think a little communication, a little transparency would go a long way to helping people understand the process, the criteria, and, and how all this is playing out. And and then I get to to Okotoks lawyer here, Brent Robinson, who took it upon himself to kind of dive into the criteria, as I use air quotes, of what's expected to be what you need to do to get into the world games. And and I don't want to go through it page by page here, but essentially there's no reason that he could find for world games to say you're not, you're in. So a lot of people up in arms wondering what, what the criteria is, how they meet that criteria. Will that even matter? And for me at the end of it all, I want to see lacrosse in the Olympics. Of course I do. I want to see lacrosse at the World Games. Of course I do. But if it does not include the givers of our game in those tournaments, then forget it. I don't want it. And and I'm already a little concerned about the way the game is even going to look with this hybrid Olympic format that they want to run. Like, I already think they're compromising the integrity of the game as it is to bend over for the IOC to get lacrosse into the Olympics. And I get it. There's a lot of money on the line here for the sport and people involved, USA lacrosse, whatever, to get lacrosse into the Olympics. But I'll tell you this, if they're not there, if the Iroquois are not there, you can't go play lacrosse. You just can't. They are the inventors of our sport, they gifted us the medicine game. And then to go and compete at a tournament without them and say, you're not welcome, forget it. We can't do it. And and I've already seen players saying they're, they're not going to do it. They'll boycott. I don't know if programs are going to get behind this and say, we're not going either. I, I sure as hell hope they do. And I look at it and they sit like they're saying, okay, you're not a sovereign nation, but yet Taiwan and Hong Kong, are invited to compete, not under the flag of China, but as separate entities, okay? Puerto Rico, which holds USA passports, allowed to play. So you tell me, these guys have their own passports, they are governed by their own people, and they represent not only the six nations throughout Quebec and upstate New York on the Onondaga Reservation, but they're literally representing athletes, indigenous athletes from around the entire globe. And I, I I just cannot understand in this day and age, with especially with everything that is going on in our world right now, how do we not make this wrong right? And And it's not just the lacrosse team. Like, let's be clear here that there are some world-class athletes of First Nations descent, indigenous descent, and they're not allowed to compete. So at the end of the day, at all this, if lacrosse gets in, all Indigenous athletes are getting in, and they're going to be allowed to compete at whatever sport discipline that they excel at. So this is a little bit bigger than just lacrosse. And I think there's a whole lot of things that people don't know that are going to have to happen for for the Iroquois lacrosse team to get in. I think it's possible. I think there's a long enough runway for it to happen 
But last thing, and I want to make this dead on clear, if they're not in, we can't play. Your thoughts, Ryan Flaherty? Yeah, Jake, I think you've done a good job of kind of summarizing a lot of the the key points here that have come up. And uh, I am, you know, been been doing my best to kind of educate myself on on the ins and outs of this particular situation. Um, I think it's important to remember that this is a multi-sport event. Um, and perhaps, I mean, I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. So I wonder if this comes from a place of ignorance and not understanding the role that the Haudenosaunee play and the Iroquois Nationals have played in the, in the creation of this game. Um, that being said, you know now it's very obvious if you didn't know yeah now you know the the, the loud response from all corners um has made that very clear it does give there is time because it's 2022 um there is time to make this wrong right the canadian lacrosse association uh i don't know if you saw their statement of solidarity that they put out yesterday i did not uh Basically, they, they, they was a, it's a, up online, uh, just came out, I think, sort of mid-afternoon yesterday. They, they're in, fully in support of the Haudenosaunee, and they're basically, uh, they, what they were saying, and I kind of tend to agree with this, is because we're hearing a lot of talk about potential boycotts and this and that, that sort of thing. There's obviously a lot of emotion right now. We saw Randy Stocks write a, a, a piece online, yeah, I to uh, that. very can, candid, candid piece with his his feelings Heartfelt. as a member of the nation, very much so. So there's a lot of emotion. So understandably, there are you know talks of boycotts and that sort of thing. What the CLA mentioned in their statement is that they did not rule out the possibility of being part of a boycott. They would not say they would not say that's something that's off the table. What they also said was, let's, and I'm paraphrasing here, let's not go to the nuclear option right away. Right. Let's see, if, let's let's work with the organization. What can we do to make this happen? Well, that's that's the tack that's the tack they're taking, and I think that, and that's just one association, but obviously it's a big one. Um, Sean Williams saying, let's go uh, and say, you know, how can we make this work? And let's let's try to build some bridges here before we burn them down. So I think that's really important. I think that is, is, you know, there will be a time, hopefully not, but there will be a time potentially where, you you know, you need to start talking about uh, boycotts. And if that comes to that, I'm with you. If the, if the Haudenosaunee aren't there, if the Iroquois Nationals aren't there, it's not a world, uh, a world competition. It's not a lacrosse, an international lacrosse competition with any sort of legitimacy. Yeah, never mind. Like they're the, they're, the, you something. they're the third ranked team in the world. Like, you know, like, so it's not about their talent level. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So the international world games, this is straight from their own website, their mission. There are three core principles behind the mission of the international world games association. They are to develop the popularity of the sports that are governed by its member federations to improve their prominence through excellent sporting achievements and to conserve all the traditional values of sport. I would say that the Iroquois Nationals are the most equipped to check off all three of those boxes than any other team that would participate 
in this competition. You want to talk about developing the popularity? Well, you get the people that love the game, live and breathe the game. How can you not increase popularity when you see the joy they get playing it? Improving the prominence. Well, they're right there being on the stage. That improves the prominence, not only internationally, but also within their own communities. And conserving the traditional values, it's their friggin' game. Like, how much more traditional can you get? So, you know, it's like the, the International World Games Association, I don't think, I hope that it's just ignorance that they don't realize what they're doing here. And you touched on other nations that aren't official nations. So there's a way. And where there's a will, there's a way. And I certainly hope that common sense will prevail and that the Iroquois Nationals are on the field and get a chance to compete in the International World Games in 2022. Because, like you said, if they're not there, what's the point? Yeah, and and I don't think we, like you said, need to start down the boycott road quite yet, but I think that's definitely on the table. I really want you guys to go to Okotoks Lawyer, O-K-O-T-O-K-S Lawyer, and and check out his thread because he's gone through – the, the document page by page looking for reasons why World Games would not accept the Iroquois and he can't find one. So he feels like it's up to World Lacrosse to nominate the teams that they want to participate in the World Games and World Lacrosse just didn't nominate the Iroquois because they felt like they wouldn't be accepted so they didn't nominate them. And, and for me, like the statement that world lacrosse came out and, and like, listen, I may cook a bridge here and, and may never call another world championship. I don't know. But for me, it like a lot of heat and a lot of vitriol have been coming towards world lacrosse. And, and I, and I feel like it's a little bit misguided because they're not the ones that are making up the rules here on, on who plays apparently from what, from what they're saying. It's not. And that's my problem with it is that they kind of just said, not our rules, not our problem, nothing we can do, sorry, and we're moving on. So for me, the the biggest problem here is the Iroquois are one of your good standing members in your federation. Not, and not only that, but they are the most integral team in your federation. And you're more or less just turning your back on them by saying, Sorry, nothing we can do. Not our rules. We can't help you. We're going to go and play in this tournament without you. Where is the friggin' support for the Iroquois Nationals from World Lacrosse? Yes, okay, these rules. What are you doing to help? What are you doing to change? And it doesn't sound like anything is happening. They're just saying, well, this is the way it is. Sorry. And that's where I get pissed off. So I, I I don't think all this heat and, and hate should be coming towards World Lacrosse because it's not technically their decision. But for me, the biggest – where is the support? And, and not only do they need the support from the entire lacrosse they, – they need the support from World Lacrosse more than any other governing body because that's where it starts and ends. So that that's where I got most upset with it. No, I'm with you, Jake. I think, uh, you know, this needs to be an all-hands-on-deck kind of situation. Like, it's it's for the good of the game, for the, the to, to properly uh, represent the sport on an international level. Uh, you need uh, – this should have everyone in, in the lacrosse world, you know, 
pulling on the same end of the rope here. Yeah, and, and the, pre- uh, the pressure that, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, the groundswell and the awareness and the pressure is on full display now, and and I don't see how they can turn their back on this. So. I know it may not be the exact way that they wanted all this to happen, and they knew it was coming. Like, everybody kind of knew this was happening, this was going to happen, and now it's out there, and I'm glad it's out there. And if there was ever a time to make some change, like 2020 is the time to do it. With everything that we've seen going on in this world right now, with the Redskins changing their name and Black Lives Matter and all the rest of it, like, it's 2020 – Let's make this wrong or right, and let's start to recognize the Haudenosaunee as a sovereign nation. Like, how difficult is it to do it? These people were on our land before we were even here. So, I, yeah, I it seems like it seems obvious. It it's not. Obvious. It's not it that seems difficult. Very tone deaf yeah. To to not make the right call on this in this particular time, just like you said, it's, it 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 really sticks out like a sore thumb now. And like they've gone through this. Time and time already, right? again like, being denied entrance into many? England. And and like I look at I look at the IOC and I know it's political and they got all these hoops and what listen, they they allowed Russia to compete in a boycott year at the Olympics under the Olympic flag. So I don't care how you do it, it's possible. Just get it done and let's play some lacrosse here at the World Games in twenty twenty two. It's in Birmingham, Alabama for it's not like they have to travel internationally to Europe or Africa or Asia. Like they're going in their backyard here. Let's make it happen. And, and then we'll clear the Olympic hurdle as we go along. But I mean, it's, I need to take a break, Ryan Flaherty. That was under review. Who you got quarter four coming up episode 90 lax class back after this. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. This is Christian Del Bianco from the Calgary Roughnecks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Back on Lax Class, no more breaks. Right there, Vancouver Warriors, nothing's offside. Like I mentioned there, back in Quick Sticks, Warriors making moves, signing a bunch of guys here. Of course, draft pick coming up, third overall. Uh, still waiting a little news on the draft date here in mid-September for the NLL draft. Uh, still no official date out as yet, but uh, number three overall pick for those Vancouver Warriors. And uh, if you missed any of those signings, VancouverWarriors.com, NLL Warriors on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I saw Dan Richardson, Dave Sheldon out golfing once again. Took Perry Selkowski out there from uh, Sportsnet. Missed, uh, missed that invite once again to go out golfing with the Warriors. That's okay. They're still uh, proud sponsors of the podcast here. Nothing's outside. VancouverWarriors.com. Uh, hope to get out for a round of golf at some point. Well, maybe there with Vancouver. With lovely weather out there. All right. Who you got, uh, Flaherty? Four more fights. Round two. 
And uh, some good matchups here. I actually got a text. Uh, well, I got a DM from this guy last night asking me who his next round matchup was. And I said, well, I'm not going to spoil that for you. You're going to have to listen to episode 90. But I said, I will tell you this. And that is you got a real tough matchup in round number two. Daniel Amesbury, Painsbury, actually says he wants to come on the program, wants to be a guest on the podcast. He said, I'll put you on the list, see how you do in this fight, and then maybe we'll revisit that. He's taking on the champ, Ryan Flaherty. Andrew Suter going up against Daniel Amesbury here. Amesbury, tough customer. I don't know. Going up against Andrew Suter. This would be a good fight. Who you got? Yeah couple of guys that won't back down from anybody right like it doesn't matter the size they'll this is they'll take on any anyone yeah like there's no uh, no no i don't want to fight you yeah no yeah no no they'll they'll, they'll they'll stand in but i gotta go i gotta go with suitor i just like consistently yeah how just the, the length of time that he did it and just all comers. Just again, not back, not not standing up, not not shying away from any any opponent, and uh, and doing it as a captain, and just you know taking it on his own shoulders, and uh, win or lose, or win, lose or draw, he's in it to the to the bitter end. Yeah. So I'm going suitor. I'm taking suits too, and I think suits is going right to the end here. I don't know who he's going to meet up in the finals, but I I think suits is going. To the finals here, and, and we'll see who he matches up against. Uh, on the other side of the bracket we go. Brand new New York Riptide head coach, the big dog, Danny Latticeur, who got past Brandon Francis in round one, uh, taking on Jeff Snyder, who got past Scott Evans in round one. I don't know if these guys ever fought. Might have. Jeff Snyder, Dan Latticeur. Who you got? Oh, two more great combatants here, but I'm going to give the edge to Dan Lattisir. Oh, just just based on based on the reach alone. Like, okay, and the, and the, uh, you know, and I'm not a, I've never was I've never been a fighter myself, so I can't speak to the being right in it. Uh, but uh, you know, tough tough one to call. I'm just giving him the ladder the slide. Okay, I'm taking Jeffrey Snyder in this one. I don't think size was ever an issue for Snyder. He didn't like he'd find a way, and and one of the most accurate punchers I've ever seen as well. That's very true. So uh, I'm taking Snyder in this one. I think he's going deep into this tournament as well. Round two. Now we'll see if he makes it to round three up against Dan Lattisur. By the way, all these. Uh, fights will be posted up on Twitter at Lax Class, and uh, just get on there, click it, vote it, and uh, see who moves on here. Two down, two to go. Chris Kinnear, no fear, former Victoria Shamrock, uh, good hockey fighter as well, taking on one of the best to ever do it in Brody Merrill. Merrill up against Kinnear. Who you got? Uh, I got I got to give this one to Merrill. Just uh, again on the longevity more than anything. I don't know if that's a factor. No, yeah, fighter, but yeah. I mean, uh, experience the, can't the, buy the, it. Can't buy experience. The willingness to, to do it for that long, um, uh, and and uh, and again, do it in a in a way that really inspires your teammates as well uh, is is something Brody Merrill's kind of made his calling card. So 
That's yeah. my pick. Yeah, you, you talk about guys that just play the game the right way, and and Brody Merrill comes to the top of the list. Like he he's never gonna go out and do something stupid or dirty or offside. But if you do something like that, he's gonna punch you in the face. And yeah. I mean, uh, uh, never mind his fighting prowess, and and then he got all the the loose balls and the scoring and the championships and the leadership and all. So Brody Merrill for me, like is one of my top five players of all time. That's it. And you can put fighting in that category as well. And I think he gets past Chris Kinnear here. And then if that happens, if, if those two Suter and Merrill could meet in, in round three, which is just crazy. So a little, little caveat right there. Look out three down one to go. And this fight right here, I, my goodness, I don't know if, if these guys actually fought, one of them might not make it out alive. You know what I'm saying here? Like, if one of these guys actually gets into the other guy, they they might be on the stretcher, and that's it. So I, I'm glad these guys are probably never fight because they, they could literally just cave each other's faces in. Billy D. Smith going up against Mean Matty Green. Greener getting past Bonterre in the first round. Billy D. getting past Hendo in the first round. Smith, Green, who you got? Ah, uh, you mentioned it like does talk about guys with some serious fighting prowess here, but I got Smith just by a hair. I'm going with Billy D. Funnily enough, both these guys uh, follically challenged. So you're going by a hair. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it might be like a chest hair or something, just so you know. But Maybe Billy, a whisker, yeah, yeah, by a whisker. Okay, uh, Billy D, all-time penalty minutes leader. In the National Lacrosse League. Of course, Matt Green, uh, a little famous for that one-punch knockout of Dan Lattisor. So those guys could actually meet in the next round if if, uh, Greener and and Laddie get through. Billy D, Matty Green, man, I think I got to (sighs) go. Greener was the type of guy, if he he landed his punch on you, you usually went to sleep. So I'm going to go based off of that. I think Greener lands one on the button here of Billy D. He was not going to – Billy D, friend of the program. I don't think he's going to like the fact that that I'm picking Greener here. But Matt Green, also a friend in in real life, former teammate. And I got to go with me, Matty Green here. Greens and Beans, uh, future sponsor of the podcast here, by the way. Matt Green, I'm picking to beat Billy D. Smith here in round number two. So we'll see how that plays out. I'll post those fights up, post haste up on Twitter. And uh, be sure to vote on those. And while you're at it, be sure to follow at LaxClass, at Lacrosse Classified, Twitter, Instagram. Be sure... To subscribe to the podcast, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, you will find Lacrosse Classified. Hit that subscribe button. Be sure to support our great sponsors here on the podcast. That's how you keep this podcast going. Stampede Tack and Westerwear, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson Construction. And lastly, don't forget to use that promo code, pvl.com, hashtag lacrosse, promo code Lacrosse Classified 20 and uh, get yourself a discount on all your PVL supplements. I think that's it, Ryan Flaherty. Episode number 90 is about to come to a close. Thanks for doing this, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, tons of fun, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Great to uh, get a chance to talk shop some more. And, 
wet the whistle for more lacrosse to come. Oh, so man. excited about that. Draft will be here before you know it. We'll be talking rush lacrosse. We'll be chopping it up, as you like to say, Flats. Uh, be safe out there in, in Saskatoon. Say hi to, to Rush Nation and, and, and Randy Troback for me when you see him. And hopefully uh, we're back in, in Sastel Center uh, in a few months' time from now, man. I certainly hope so. Can't wait for free agency to open next week, too. There you go. That's going to be a great appetizer as well. So cannot wait. I I sincerely hope we get to start the season on time. Speaking of next week, uh, we will have Miss Devin Keeney co-hosting and uh, a Philly wing of her choice. i gotta, I got to get out to, to Devin and find out who she wants to have on the show next week. So look forward to that. It'll be Philly wings week. Devin and a, and a Philly wing on the program and, and free agency will be afoot. So uh, look forward to that episode 91 next Tuesday. But for now, episode 90 is now done. For Ryan Flaherty, I've been Jake Elliott and for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, stay safe and stay healthy, everybody. <laughs>